everything I thought last year was complete yuck. (laughs) All failed theories. It's bound to happen. (laughs) It is. At least half the theories are bound to be failed theories. (laughs) Hi, this is Amy Sperling with Compt, and I'm here with Team Builders. This show is brought to you by Recess.io, the platform for internal marketing communications professionals. Recess helps you send your team professional, easy-to-use internal newsletters and get instant feedback, all without learning another complicated software. To get your free internal newsletter template library, head to Recess.io slash easy. That's Recess.io slash easy. Now, let's get back to the show. Here's Chris Handy. Hey, welcome to the Team Builders. I recently had the privilege of speaking with Amy Sperling, CEO of Compt, and we dug into all kinds of things from their experience transitioning from a partially remote to a fully remote company, and how managers can look at leading teams better, even when we're apart. Let's get into the conversation. Amy, you've been working on Compt. Can you just give us a quick intro on what Compt is and and what you're working on? Sure. So Compt helps companies provide flexible, customizable, and scalable perk solutions and perk stipends. For people who aren't familiar with perk stipends, it's a different way of supporting your team. So instead of HR saying, hey, you have this money for a gym reimbursement or we're going to have lunch every day, it's saying to the employees, hey, we want to support families or health and wellness, and then letting employees decide what they want to do and how they want to approach that. So it gets to personalization and can reach a lot more of the team. So it's meant to be more inclusive, personalized, and meaningful approach to employee perks. So what is your, what's your background? How did you get into this line of work? I'm a former CFO and COO. I've been a CFO a bunch of times. So I managed both finance and HR. And so saw the problem real time where every employee needs something different. I, I had a revolving virtual door because who has an office in a tech company of people being like, hey, can you sponsor my Alzheimer's walk? And I'm like, that's a great cause, but no. Because if I do that, then I've got to do that for everyone else on the team. And then that's our entire budget. And not everyone cares about an Alzheimer's walk. And so I always said no, which was not a great place to be. So employees are frustrated. I'm frustrated. But the employees were right in that we needed to get to personalization. So I got really frustrated with the solutions that were out there, which were just picking and choosing and trying to read people's minds and that they never worked. Finally decided to build comps because I do believe you can do personalization at scale. And that's what we're showing is, look, companies want to support their teams. They want to make sure that every single person is supported in a way that matters to them as an individual. We're all adults here. Treat your team like adults rather than like children where you've got to be like, what will make my team happy today? There is no one thing. So trying to move away from that into personalization. And so that's why we wanted to build this. So contrasting what's going on now with a lot of teams living in a distributed world with the way things were before, one of the things that every employee wants is to just feel seen and feel heard. What have you noticed as some of the biggest struggles in doing that and helping people feel seen and heard as we've gone through this year and just in general, as things have become more work chat focused versus hanging out in person. The movement to fully remote 
it happened all of a sudden for a lot of companies that didn't have that on their horizon. So it really accelerated the change that was already happening in the market. The need for personalization and for every employee to feel seen and heard was already there, but it gets masked when you've got headquarters and it's like, all right, there's just a bunch of stuff here. We're making you happy. Just deal with it. When everybody's fully remote and you go from being a 500 people in one office to having 500 offices, suddenly the cracks really show. And so the old way we were doing it was, all right, we'll pick a bunch of vendors as HR and hope that covers a broad spectrum of the team. When you can't use any of those vendors in a fully remote pandemic world, you can clearly see that this process doesn't work. And so that's when companies were like, okay, spending a lot of money reaching no one. So any perk you bring in, even the good stuff, student loan forgiveness for one, I would call the good stuff. If you're lucky, 10% of the team uses it. You're reaching a tiny fraction of your team. So it's like, all right, how do we take that money and reach everyone and, and do it in a way that is personalized, but still aligns with our culture. So we've seen that shift where it's, look, you have to get to personalization. You have to meet people where they are and you have to stop treating them like children and gifting them things. This isn't a gift. This is part of their compensation and how they want to be supported, but let the employee drive that. So from a management perspective and just in our daily work, you, you managers, maybe they're a first-time manager, first-time team leader, and then mm-hmm. even individual contributors that are used to walking up and showing people things. There's a lot of introverts, especially in tech, and heads down, we're working on our stuff. It'll get seen because we're all going to get in, in one room or, or whatever. What would you tell a, a first-time manager that can help to uncover those moments when people might feel hesitant to share what they're working on right. or just to help people feel seen? So we, we struggled with that because we were partially remote to begin with. We were doing two days a week. We did Mondays and Fridays remote because commuting in Boston is a waste of time, in my opinion. And then we'd be together three days a week because we liked that balance. And then we had to go fully remote like everyone else. And it became really hard. It's okay. How do you create that connection and that community within your team so that you can understand when somebody is feeling particularly stressed because they are home and they're not sure how to engage and like it's a whole new kind of world. And so one of the things we did was we created, we started out with five days a week and then we dialed it back a little bit, but doing morning coffee chats to where anybody who wanted to show up could, no work talk, just we'd play virtual games sometimes, we'd just talk about the weekend or whatever we were doing, but a way for everybody to just interact when it's not a set agenda. And that works well in a small team. So either a small company or a small team can do that. We dialed it back from five. We did five early on because we needed the check-in. And then we've dialed it back to two set ones in the morning. And then one that's like a team wins on a Friday Mm. to where people can get together and share. And then we're super active on Slack. All day long conversations in the various channels about sales things where the engineers can pop in and out and watch. Slack is a fantastic way to really get visibility into what other teams are doing without feeling like you have to set up a meeting so that everybody can talk about what's going on in sales. If they want to know, they can pop into the sales channel and see real time how these negotiations are happening. When people look in some Slack channels at some companies, it may seem like not a whole lot's going on. And that can be frustrating for management and, and people mm-hmm. who are, are trying to figure out, are these people even at work? What advice would you give those individual, individual contributors to, to help other people see their good work. Yeah. I got hammered on that early in my career where I was heads down working really hard and I came within a hair of getting fired. I was working at an investment bank and got called in by the partners who were like, 
I like, we think we're gonna have to let you go. I'm like, I was shocked because I'd been busting my butt, but they had no idea because I wasn't communicating it. And so one of the junior partners pulled me aside and was like, look, I know you're working hard. You just need to communicate the bejesus out of it. Tell them what you're working on. Stop being so heads down and quiet about it and share. And so I made that shift and they were like, oh my God, you're working so much more now. I'm like, literally doing the same work. But the lack of communication made it seem like I wasn't doing anything. Depending on company structures, from a management perspective, I think it's really important that you set up goals, whether it's quarterly, we do quarterly goals, and then have the team measuring against it, because then you don't need to hear constant updates. You can see the progress, which it works well for introverts. So you know where you're headed and you're measuring against that versus FaceTime and, hey, I didn't see you on Slack for an hour there. Like instead of micromanaging people, give them goals. And if they don't hit those objectives, then you have a different kind of conversation and you can have them report how they're progressing against it. You don't need to go dark for a quarter and then be like, shoot, that didn't work. Like we do every Monday, each leader of each team sends around an email of, Hey, here's what I accomplished last week. Here's what I'm accomplishing this week to move towards our OKR so that we're all up to date, but we don't need a meeting for that. So you send a, you send out an email, just hey, here's the big stuff, and here's how we're here's how we're progressing against those goals. Exactly. So it's, here's the goals. Here's what we accomplished. So not just you can't have the same thing for five weeks of like still working on right. you know this integration. That's not actual progress. That's just I don't want a laundry list of everything you did. What did you finish and accomplish last week? What are you finishing and accomplishing this week that moves us towards that quarterly goal? So it has some personal accountability to it. And it's pretty low touch. Everybody on the team can scan it in just a couple of minutes and can ask questions and whatever else. And it keeps us along that path. So that helps with visibility of what people are working on. So the individual contributors can do that. And then from a management perspective, it helps. It's a good touch point too. Um, so and you choose that. email specifically over, over Slack for that kind of communication. We do. We were pretty clear on what we put in email versus what Slack is for conversations. And it's brilliant for that. I don't want... 800 back and forth emails, I'll lose my mind. But for things that we want to keep, we use that. You could also use a wiki for that. I just personally don't enjoy wikis. So founder bias. (laughs) (laughs) I've been over wikied in a few companies where I'm like, ah, just no. So you could do that, but then you've got to know when to go and look at the wiki. Like with an email, it's done because it's in your inbox and we keep moving. How can one person or a team of people tackle maintaining a healthy and just to put it bluntly, non-toxic culture across all of these different communication methods. It's tough. And it's a lot to ask of one team. It should really be a company-wide effort. It's on everyone to make sure that an environment's not toxic. And if they see it, to adjust it so that it doesn't become a norm. Because if you would task HR with being the police officers, one, you're not doing them any favors. Uh, And two, it's just not going to work. Then it's just going to be like, oh, mom told me not to do that again. And then it just becomes toxic towards HR, which is not the purpose of HR. I think it's on everyone to do that. There's pros and cons to the fully remote work. Some people are thriving in this because they don't have the level of distractions that you have in a fully open office environment. My engineers don't have to wear headphones all day, every day for the first time in years. It's got to be better for their hearing because they were either listening to music or whatever, but just having that constant noise to try and drown out things, it's tough. There's been tons of research on how the open office environment from a cost and real estate perspective makes a ton of sense. From a working perspective, it may not. And there's some benefits to this. So it's figuring out 
what works for different team members. And it really comes down to managers knowing their people and knowing how you design team engagement. Once we can go back, what does that look like? I don't think anybody has answers on this yet, by the way. We're all trying to figure this out right now. But it's like, all right, are we going to get offices again? I don't know, because what we can afford is putting a bunch of people in a co-working space. Do I really want to do that and breathe everyone's air? And does everyone else want to do that? Somebody would get a cold and we'd all get a cold. Now that really grosses me out (laughs) even more. So that's a big expense. Do we instead, once a quarter, take that money and go do a trip together and go work someplace where it's more fun and do a more fun interaction at a different point in time, still spending the same money, but in a different way. I don't know. I think we're going to have to trial and error a bunch of things. Across the different companies that you've worked at and at Compt, at any team size, really, how do you keep the rest of the team excited about the mission? And maybe it's product is releasing something new and someone in uh, customer success or, or something else. Like a lot of times in big companies, they, they don't hear about these yeah. things at the right time. And there are a lot of different forces within a company that might try to tackle this like sales enablement, but they're not really focused on keeping everybody hyped and, right. and informed about what's going on. How have you tackled that sort of thing? The thing we tend to call internal marketing. Yeah. It's a lot easier in a small company, obviously. Everybody knows everything that's going on when you're a sub 50 person company. So it's a lot easier. One of my companies scaled from 100 to 650 over the course of five years though. And we were in 40 states and in 12 countries and we didn't have Slack. So it was pre-Slack. I honestly don't know how you do this without Slack because our email traffic was bananas, but it's a never ending challenge. Internal communication, nobody has it nailed because it's just, it's hard to make sure you've got the right people in the know. I think when you are mission driven and that feeds through, I think I, I haven't worked at Google, but every time I meet someone from Google, they're clearly a a Googler. There's a similarity in culture and approach. And you can tell that somebody is part of that culture. I think when you have a really strong culture and a strong mission, that will bleed through. So it keeps people aligned on general direction without everybody having to know every single little thing. Because when you get it to scale, you can't. And I'm a big believer in transparency as well. And I know a lot of companies say that. I think there's different levels of transparency. And there's things that you can't be transparent about and being transparent of these are the things I can't tell you. So the team has a good understanding of where they're going to be completely in the know and where they're not and what the channels are, I think is really important to fostering that. A lot of companies that get ready to IPO, like now you can't share, you legally can't share a bunch of information as you go through that process. And that's very jarring when you're in a really transparent culture where you're like, wait a minute, what do you mean? I, there's things that are happening I don't know about. That's any company going through an IPO. Suddenly there's a lockdown on information, which it can be tough. Well, so we can all have our cards on the table. We can have all the cards on the table with maybe not all of them are faced up. Exactly. But they're exactly. all there. We I know love what that the analogy. That's fantastic. Like some are face up, some are face down, but you at least know what the cards are. I'm always interested to hear how people's home life is. For instance, my daughter ran in here right before this and she's <laughs> wearing a chef hat and she's the cutest thing I've ever seen. She's got an apron on. Amazing. I'm like, I like, I, I don't even know what's happening, but I'm distracted just by that being yep. happening out there. She's making yep. something and I want a part of it. How are you handling the the home life, working at home? What's your environment yep. look like? It's been, we live in the city, my wife and I live in a city with 1300 square feet, which is like city massive, but it's not a lot of square footage when you are in your house all day, every day. We don't have kids. So that 
helps a little bit with the distractions. And we've just figured out who's in what room and when and have, it was a transition in the beginning, but I like working from home. So it's been fine. I have felt though, one of the benefits of working from home and having everybody else do that is exactly what you were talking about. You get so much more of a personal aspect to people. It used to be like, if somebody was working from home, they need to be locked down. They've got their professional lens on. Everything is buttoned up. There would never be a child running into a room. Like it was like, you are basically at the office. Your office is just at home. And now there's a lot more flexibility and understanding that, hey, <laughs> work-life balance is a little different. There are kids around. There are pets around. There are other spouses around that are working. And so you get a little bit more humanity from people because I think it's great. I love seeing people's kids. I think that's fantastic. You get to know somebody a little bit more, even in a a small flavor um, of kind of what's going on for them. So I think that's actually a benefit of humanizing people that you wouldn't necessarily meet in person. Now you get to know them a little bit more. It's not just person on the other end of a Zoom call. If you were to join a company today as a, just a brand new employee and you're just going to get thrown in and now we're all at home, as you described, how would you tackle getting to know the members of your team and the company yeah. beyond that? Uh, you don't have the, the big atrium like we might, might have been used to. Yeah, you don't. And I'm seeing that we've got, we've hired several people through the pandemic that we haven't met in person. And it's hard to get to know somebody when you can't just go out to lunch and have organic conversations happen. We use a couple of different tools here and try and, and to help people share a little bit. And again, we try and make it fluid because some people are more private than others and we want to respect that. But we do a working with me document that is, Hey, here's how I like to work. Here's when I'm most productive is in the mornings or the evenings or whatever. And tell us a little bit about that each other and share that with the team and they can all be viewed by the team. So you can go and look at the other people you're working with. We also, we do like a monthly team meeting. That's like a retro and a progress report of how we're doing against our goals. And we do a team section on that where we let the person, the new person can put a slide together that is just pictures, anything. It doesn't have to be pictures of their personal life and pictures of things that they like and care about. So they can give us a little bit more about themselves and try and do that. And then as a team, we actively on those coffee chats, make sure that everybody's drawn into the conversations and we keep kind of space for that. But I would say it's evolving. We're all learning how to do this. It's hard to feel really connected to people you haven't met and haven't spent time with, but it seems to be getting a little easier as we keep going and try new things and add more stuff to it. Amy, I'd love to check in with you sometime around this time next year and just see how it's going, if that's all right. That'd be great. We'd love to just help chronicle people's experiences. So thank you so much. Everything I thought last year was complete yuck. (laughs) All failed theories. It's bound to happen. (laughs) It is. At least half of the theories are bound to be failed theories. (laughs) Thanks so much, Amy, for joining us. Sure. Bye. Hi, this is Amy Sperling with Compt, and I'm here with Team Builders. That's awesome. That's perfect. Perfect. One take and out. Thanks again for listening. Make sure to subscribe and join us again next week.